Good to see our college students back today. Welcome back to class. Get back to work. Stop freeloading for the holidays. Good to see some of our adults coming back off the road. Happy New Year, everyone. We are starting a new series uh, called CORE. And what we're going to do to discuss the next three weeks is our mission at Grace Point Church. I want to give you clarity, especially if you're a guest. I want to welcome my guests. Thank you for coming out. I know there's a lot of places you could have came. Again, I'm Pastor Rich, lead pastor here. And like we sometime in the beginning of the year in January, we want to start like it's something, a fresh start. But we also want to go ahead and, and those who have been coming a while, refresh your memory about our mission, but also um, give, give clarity to that. Because once you have clarity, you'll know exactly what's going on here. And then I'll give you a chance to say, this is going to be, some of you that are not part of your home yet, you're looking at, maybe this can be part of my home. But we'll give you clarity on what the expectations are and what we believe God called us to do, on, as I call on this piece of dirt. So as we do that, we're going to go through um, three things this, this next three weeks. Um, our mission statement is connect, grow, serve. Today we're actually going to go connect. But before I get there, I want to give you why we exist as a church and also give you a, a portion of who we are as a church, who we're under. If you didn't know, we're part of every nation, ministries, and churches. It's a worldwide family of churches, not a denomination. It's a family, and we're held together by values. Now, their mission statement is that we look under, because you'll see, when I read it, you're going to say, that's exactly what this church looks like. We exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches, and campus ministries in every nation. When you come into the doors, you can see those areas that we are Christ-centered and we want to be spirit-empowered. And we do some things out in outreach about being socially responsible, about feeding the, those who are hungry. And also, you'll see that we have a very big emphasis on the next generation, which is our campus ministries. If you get to go to any church, every nation church in the United States or around the world, you'll see... Um, Basically the same thing. Now, we might have a different way we present it, but we have the same core values and the same heart. So um, we all try to, you'll go into any information church and you'll see that, that, vis, that mission played out in every nation. And you still got every nation, look around you. Does everyone look the same? No, because we believe God said touch every nation. Second thing is why do we exist as a church? And you see some of the signs we have up here. Reason why we exist, our vision here for Grace Point Church is reaching people and building community. Reaching people and building community. If you look at it, I could say two things. When you reach people, you honor God. When you build community, you make disciples. So I'm honoring God and I'm, build, and I'm um, making disciples. I got reaching people, building community, and I use a scripture. This is a scripture that we use our basis on. Matthew 28. 18 through 20. And you know, we know this, this line. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's where we get reaching people and building community. The word reach, we got from the word go. Whenever you hear about making disciples and going, we always default to this as Americans. I got to go to work, come back, 
put my gold suit on, and go make disciples. When you look at the word go, in the Greek it means this, going on my way, a journey. How many know you got to go to work anyway? How many know you got to do other things? As you're going, you're going with the eyes and the heart of Christ to reach people. And once you've reached people beyond the, the social network, you want to be friends with people and build community. That's what they're talking about. Jesus was talking about culturally, guys, as you go, not make better church members, as you're going to the store, as you're going to work, as you're going to school, make, meet people and build with them. Go and make. Now, here's the thing. It's not an option. It's a commandment. This was Jesus' last words, what he wanted the church and his disciples, us, to do. So when I looked at reaching people and building community on this, that's why we exist as a church. If we're not doing that, we cease to exist. If we're not doing the Great Commission, we will cease to exist as a church. We will cease to exist as a church because there's nothing else to do. He didn't leave in there and have a flowery day. He says, go make disciples. Go reach and build. How many know that's fun? It's a lot of work, but it's fun because you're doing something beyond your own self. So when you look at that, that is why we exist as a church. And that's our scripture for that, our vision. Second thing is we have some core values, devotion, diversity, discipleship. How many recognize devotion when you come in the doors? We devote to worship and God's word, aren't we? How many recognize the diversity when you come in the door? And how many know we're in your face about discipleship all the time? Well, that's the lens that we do ministry. When we do anything, if it doesn't hit those core values, especially if we try to do something that will exclude a people group, we don't do it. And if it isn't about making disciples, why do it? We're just spinning our wheels. If it's about devotion to God and everyone involved, and it's not about building people up and building community, forget about it. Make sense? So that's the lens. If you put a special lens, and that's how we do ministry. Next thing is our mission. Connect, grow, serve. Connect, grow, serve. And what we're going to do the next three weeks is unpack that. With everything I gave you, I'm going to, repli- I'm going to go ahead and review this every single week so we know exactly, give you clarity on who we are as a church and why we exist. Because I think that's very important, that we don't lose track of who we are and what, why we're here and what we, God called us to do. How many want, don't want to walk around in the dark? How many love clarity in their life? And it helps us as a church to stay focused. The first one is connect. When you look at the word on the webpage, connect, it means connect people to Christ and to one another. A fancy word for that is engage. Connect people to Christ and to one another. And a scripture for GPC on this And this is our heart. Hear me. This is our heart on connect. Luke 15, 1 through 7. If you have your Bibles, Luke 15, 1 through 7. And this is Jesus talking to some religious folks about giving them clarity about why he came here on the earth. 
says, now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he has come home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. When we look at our heart, the Grace Point Church, to connect people to Christ, this is one of the scriptures that we use as a basis. If you didn't know, God loves lost people. And since we love God, we love what God loves or who God loves. And you see this parable. He's talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, the most educated group on the planet. The problem with them, they were so wrapped up in themselves, they became such a small package. And everything they saw outside of their own vision of what life is about was dirty to them. He called them tax collectors and sinners. God calls them people who need a savior. And our heart is to reach those folks who don't know Christ. He said this, the recovery of sheep lead to shared joy. It's talking about someone leaving the 99 and discovering someone, something left, a sheep left. A lamb left, and they go and look for it. And he says he finds, he stays there until he finds it. That means he doesn't give up on looking for it. How many are so happy that God did not give up on us? And then when he finds that which is lost, he supports it. Puts it on his shoulders. I will carry you until you're able to carry yourself. And guess what? He has great joy that he found that which was lost. You know, there's nothing more exciting than seeing people who didn't know God prior discover who God is. I'll tell you what. The look on their face and the joy in your heart you can't escape it. It's something you're never the same. It's like I tell guys when I, when I want them to do baptisms. It's not for the people going into the water. It's for you doing it. Because the minute you put someone in the water and you come up they knew a new creation, something inside of you changes. Something inside you gets you going. You get pumped up and I can't wait for the next one. What happens is you start to discover your true purpose on the earth. My true person purpose on the earth, guys, is not to make myself a better person. It's to find those who don't know they're a better person, who are being beaten to death because they have no savior. And some of you guys in the military, you can understand that. When you go into nations who have no idea what freedom looks like, and you guys show up, and they're like, whoa, 
they can sense something's new. Because they have never seen freedom. They experienced slavery and oppression for years. And then God uses us to show them the hope that is missing. I've been reading about our city and how the meth crisis is rising and heroin is making a comeback because people are medicating themselves because they have no hope. And the true hope is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to make me a better Christian, but to pull them out of fire because I don't want to spend my life wrapped up in me because I make a very small package. And Jesus was showing them, this is why I came. And the reason why we're all here is that's because he came and did that for us. And he did not stop. Some of us took 30 years. Some of us took 40 years. He did not stop until he received us, until we found who we was. You ever notice that? That God made the first move? Not like we got intelligent and say, I guess I'll go walk with Jesus. No, you didn't. He'd been chasing you for years. Some of them he's chasing right now. You've been hiding from it. You've been trying all these things. They're not working. And then he brings them back to the fellas to hang out. Hey, man, welcome to the family. Let's have a party. You know, when you're 99 and it's just you partying, doesn't that get kind of old? How many times can we lay hands on each other? And then, oh, I got to go somewhere where it's exciting. Out the door. Go find someone who's sick and lay hands on them. This gets old. You, I, I held you four times. I healed you five times. No, I fell out in the spirit. No, I'm here. And that's all good stuff. We're going to talk about that in the, in the third week. But really, you want exciting life? Pull someone out of the fire. Who don't even know they're in the fire? They have no idea they're in the fire. They think they can work their way out of it. They can't. They can't. So our heart, make my notes back. Wow, that was exciting. Our heart, our heart is to get out among the people and build the relationships that allow us, allow them to draw them to Christ. We build those relationships outside the house here that allow them to get close to Christ. Like we do in the morning when you come in here, we try to move every obstacle out the way so you can experience God. You don't notice, when they get you here at 1030 and some of y'all still showing up at 11, people are here at 7 in the morning getting the building ready, clearing the area for God so you can meet God, so you can experience God. That's what they call the worship experience, so you can worship him. We want to move all those. Same way outside. I want to remove all the religious barriers that you have to get right before you get with God and show them the grace and the love of Christ. And realize, I might have a bad day, but they have a worse day because if eternity starts to smack them in the face and they don't know Jesus Christ, guess where they're going? On any bad day for me, I'm still going to heaven. Bad day for them, they don't have too many. They're not going to heaven. 
And when you realize that, you start, well, I guess my day isn't all that bad. Think about it. Our heart, our heart is to engage those who don't know Christ in meaningful relationships. That means we really want to get to know you. No strings attached. Because if I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I don't have to say much. Because it's just going to, you're going to start feeling uncomfortable. You ever been around people like that? They curse, they, they don't know why they say sorry. <laughs> you didn't say anything. Your presence, God's presence in you changes the environment. You know, when Jesus showed up, he changed the whole environment. But he showed up out there. And the, we don't want to be Pharisees because we're 25-year-old church. We become Pharisees. We won't make 50. We'll be us four and no more. And the only growth we have is negative. I'll be doing more funerals than I'll do weddings. When God put us on this rock, this dirt, that's our heart. And guess, here's the word, guys, that will spark this. Compassion. You got to hurt the way God hurts for people. You got to hurt the way God hurts for people. You got to stop worrying about your own hurt and think about the real hurt. Because this hurts temporary. Believe me, when you get older, there's a lot of hurts. But that hurts permanent. It's eternal if they don't know who Jesus is. Don't ever disdain where you're working. Because the reason why you're at that job is because Christ, God, as you're going, wants you to touch somebody. There's no mistake that you're at that job. There's no by accident that you're at that school. It's no, no accident that you go somewhere. There's someone he wants you to hug and give a touch to. That's our heart. It's to reach out. Now, he's always with a heart. <laughs> you need a strategy. Here's our strategy. It comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's Apostle Paul, surrounded by such a diverse group of people. Now, I'm not going to get into the diversity of who he's talking about. I just want to get into the principles and pattern of what he was doing. It starts in verse, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 19. It says this. For though I'm free from all, I have made myself a servant to all. That I might do what? I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those who are outside the law. To the weak, I have become weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means, I love the word all, I might save some, and I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessing. 
Connect people to Christ and to one another. This is Paul. If you read um, chapter 9, you'll talk about how he's talking about being free. He's free from all men as far as religion and the law. He was also free from them funding him. He was free, but he became a slave to all men. And what he's talking about, mixing in society. Not really to surrender our values to society, but be sensitive to it. Be sensitive of where you are. Not judgmental, sensitive. Why is that person so angry? Find out. Take them to lunch. Be in their world. Like God invaded our world, invade their world. They're dying for it. I noticed the ones that hated, they think they hated the most, wanted the most. They're dying for it. And you're dying for it because you want purpose in your life. You want significance in your life. And outside of anything else of doing this, there's hardly any significant things you can do. I noticed that. I didn't know I was doing anything significant until it came under the eyes of Christ. Getting in their world. It's called friendship evangelism. Being a friend. How many need friends? How many got friends? Okay, we need to work on that. Because he says, bring them back to the 99. But you got to be part of the 99. But that's at the end of the sermon, sorry. Come alongside and get to know unbelievers and value them as God's creation. Adding value to people. I love what John Maxwell said. Add value to people. We can do that with the gospel because they don't understand that Christ died for them because how valuable they are. They have no idea. They have no idea. Now, how you present Christ, because we're a living epistle, is how they will see Christ. Isn't that amazing? Here what I get, I love, I'm a guy, so I talk to guys. I tell guys, why are you slumping in your chair if your Christ is your Lord and Savior? Sit up. Pay attention. Take notes. What's wrong with you? Some of y'all are like, Who's he talking to? You. <laughs> because if they see you slumping in texting in church, is God important? No. If your kids see you, you just tell them, hey, this ain't nothing. But the, the strategy is to walk into a place. Man, I tell you, the place that you say, oh, my gosh. Christ has left the building. And you can say this. No, he hasn't. I just walked in. And he gives you the wisdom and the power to bring change. But you're in their world. Because let me tell you what flipped. When you look at rereading in the Gospels, the ones who really enjoy Christ were the unbelievers. How many agree? The only ones that didn't enjoy Christ was the religious folks. Well, it's kind of flipped today. Seemed like the religious folks love church and the lost folks hate the church. Why? Because they see us. We only on a platform telling them what we disagree with, not telling them how to do it because we get caught up in this truth. I've got to tell them the truth. Let me tell you about truth. 
Truth, at a scenario, some folks live together. Don't, don't try to hide it. I already know it. I bring them in my office. Say, look, truth says I really don't agree with it. And God doesn't agree with it because his word says that. But you know that. That's why your conscience is messing with you. Grace says, how can I help you out of it? See, the problem is we identify, but we don't help out. So what they see is a judgmental, they should have it together. They should know. They don't know. You didn't know. Remember, I always remember this line. I have it written down. I have a past. They got a future. Keeps me from being a Pharisee. Because the older you get, the more of a Pharisee you can become. Because you think you know it all. Because I ask people, how many friends you know that don't know Jesus? No one knows. Everyone knows 99, but not the one. Because remember I said last week, it takes courage. It's scary. It takes courage to do what I'm talking about. Well, we're Grace Point Church. We're going to do the courage, and we're going to do that. Too many people are dying out there. Too many families are breaking up. Too many kids are homeless. Too many, too many things are going on that we are sitting in here licking our wounds. When you can take your wound and put it in some good air, it'll heal up. Think about it. We're not, we're not a culture of wounded, broken busted, disgusted people. We don't celebrate failure. We never have. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be identified with failure and brokenness and oh, life so hard, it's so tough. No, we, sell it. we walk with the victorious one who's never lost a fight. So that's friendship evangelism. Now, I know it is kind of hard, but you don't lose your integrity because people hear this one way, there's another one. You don't lose your integrity. You just adapt your, your relationships and relational adaptability. But you don't lose your Christian integrity. I'm not going to drink with them. My job in the military before I retired was to take care of the kids. You drop them off, they get crazy, you bring them home. Because if you didn't bring them home, then the commander's all over me because I didn't bring them home. I didn't take care of them. I didn't drink with them. And when they got in the back of the car and they were acting crazy, I told them to shut up, go to sleep. I was a parent, but that's what God called me to do. And I was able to talk to him because at the end of the day, when everybody was gone from the day, they would come in your office. Tell me something. Why do you, how come you don't have to do, how come you seem like your marriage, how, how come, and this is what the big one thing was, how come you and your wife after 20 something years still want to eat lunch together? I don't know. You love her, don't you? No, I can't stand her. Some of y'all act that way. But think about it. I was not in the world. I'm of the world. But we called to really, when they plant the church, Jesus took them away from every religious environment and took them to a pagan environment. Said, this is where I'll plant my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Why would he say that? He put them in the middle of where it was darkness so they can take a light and spread out. And that's fun, man. That's amazing stuff. And the greatest thing, we get to share in his blessing. Paul said that I may share with them in his blessings. It's nothing sharing with a new believer and watching them be discipled. 
It's nothing like it in the world. It's nothing like it in the world. Why? Because you become renewed on the inside. A new sense of purpose. I was talking to someone during our fast. I said, what an amazing things are, a lot of the uh, gray areas are going away. Either you're Christian or you're not. And God's doing that on purpose. I was showing them about, I was talking about how we just, uh, uh, excuse me, how we just ended our operations in Afghanistan one way. I was telling them in the very beginning when the military went to Afghanistan, how we were able to build, that was an open door for the gospel to come in. They were going in as the English as a second language. As the military were holding the fort, we were inside trying to build that, rebuild the schools and all that and bring Christ back into that nation. But you, you got to look at it that way and say, wow, every, seem like every seed of devastation, every turmoil, there's always a grace that you can go do something. So all the turmoil out in our city is an opportunity for grace and for us to go in. Now, you don't have to worry about strategy to go in. If you go to work, there's your strategy. If you're in the ACU, there it is. If you're Harden Simmons, there it is. If you're at Big Murray, there it is. You ask God, give me a strategy. He says, there it go. Share the gospel. You don't have to get ready. You're already ready. This is our heart when you talk about connect people to Christ and to one another. Here's your response. Here's a challenge. And it's challenging all of us. Start looking for that person or people that you can build a relationship with. Start looking today. Don't wrap yourself up in you. Listen to me. Because you become a very small package. Wrap yourself up in the cause of Christ. And don't sell yourself short.